To so many people, you know, lifelong uh, Cubs fans, it's our happy place. It doesn't feel like a year without going to Wrigley Field, and you guys are amazing at what you do. And that's the thing, is that the Wrigley employees are always so helpful. They go beyond. When you see the same faces, year after year after year in the same sections, it makes you feel, it all feels like family that you're going to a place like it's a little family reunion. Every family member and friend who comes to that I take to a Cubs game or I take on a Wrigley Field tour because there's nothing better to do than be in Chicago and you all made that possible. Like I said, these are not just employees in my opinion, they're like family. I've brought people from all over the world, all over the country, people that don't like baseball, they love Wrigley Field. And we have you guys to thank for that. Welcome to Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. We explore the fascinating personal lives of the people inside Chicago's most iconic sports venue, Wrigley Field. Our podcast will take you on an amazing journey, introducing you to some incredible people that we've met along the way. We'll discuss hot topics, play a few games, and just try to have an overall good time. There'll be plenty of surprises along the way, so stick with us to see where our journey heads next. But for now, kick back, relax, and enjoy the latest episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hello again and welcome everybody to another somber and yet celebratory episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Flaherty, and once again we're set up to take another trip down memory lane as we say goodbye to yet another one of our all-time favorite Cubs, or at least mine, Wilson Contreras. Now, before we get into this, I want to remind everyone that these opinions are my own and not reflective of anyone else's, nor are they reflective of the ball club themselves, because I'm going to get more than a little defensive here when it comes to my boy Willie, so bear with me. Now, you're probably well aware by now that Contreras has taken a five-year, $87.5 million contract to suit up for the rival Redbirds, this coming off the heels of a season where the Cubs routinely treated their three-time All-Star catcher much more like an unwanted aging veteran than the talent he really is. But it made for quite the awkward season for Wilson, who ended up receiving multiple video board tributes and standing ovations and all the rest from the home crowd around the trade deadline because it was essentially a foregone conclusion that he would be dealt. And then it was even more awkward when Contreras wasn't dealt at the deadline, but to his credit, he didn't let any of the outside noise get to him, and he turned in one of the best seasons of his career at the plate. But before we get on much more of a tangent here, I want to start back at the beginning to get a better scope of Contreras' time with the club so that we're all reminded exactly of what we're going to be missing out on in the coming years. Wilson signed with the Cubs as an international free agent at the age of 17 out of Venezuela in 2009 during a time period that saw the likes of Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, and Javier Baez all come up through the Cubs farm system at varying times. Contreras quietly honed his approach in the lower minors and winter ball for years, but he never really attracted the same spotlight as his bigger name counterparts. Between 2009 and 2014, the Cubs used this developmental time to 
Bounce Contreras all around the diamond, getting him reps at literally every position outside of center field and shortstop. But by 2015, with Contreras finally growing into his linebacker-esque frame, he took a monster step forward all the way around once he settled in as the everyday catcher for the Tennessee Smokies, which is the double-A team. He proved his body was up to the challenge of sticking behind the dish and shocked everyone with how productive he became at the plate. In just 126 games, he posted 151 hits, which is a pretty ridiculous number to think about, especially considering it's coming from the non-offensive catcher position. With an average over 330 and an OPS near 1,000, Contreras earned a one-way ticket to Iowa to start the 2016 season. Now, you may remember there was quite a bit going on with the organization that year, so you'd be forgiven if Contreras' name hadn't quite crossed your radar by that time. I thought it was about as tapped into the prospect landscape as possible in 2016, and I still managed to miss the strong signs of stardom from Contreras. In fact, prior to his big league debut, I had never even heard of him at all, which is something I will eternally regret. He picked right up where he left off in AAA and even took another step forward, hitting over 350 in 55 games and adding some in-game power to collect 9 home runs and just 204 at-bats. For those wondering, that roughly extrapolates to about a 30-homer pace, which is something you just don't tend to see from catchers. Through sheer effort and commitment, Contreras went from a raw prospect with no positional home to a top 100 caliber prospect at catcher seemingly out of nowhere. In a world where even the best of the best prospects are no sure thing, it's incredibly rare and welcoming to have a young talent burst onto the scene from out of nowhere, especially one that could play a premium defensive position. Now, as I wrote about on my social media outlets, Contreras' debut in 2016 is forever seared into my memory for various reasons. The Cubs were still wearing the uniforms with powder blue accents and equipment because Father's Day weekend was still being celebrated, and the team had a lead over the Pirates deep into the game, which was about the sixth inning. I had recently become a supervisor and was constantly reminding myself to take stock in how special this season was becoming, especially since the team was well into first place at this point in the season. All the buzz around the ballpark that day involved Contreras' possible debut, and remember, like I said earlier, had never heard of the guy prior to this morning. So when he got a standing ovation for his pinch hit appearance in the sixth inning, I ran up close to the wall to get a better look to see what all the hullabaloo was about, and then I looked to the on-deck circle and see this mountain of a human wearing number 40 taking some practice cuts. And then all of a sudden, Simon Says by Pharaoh Monk, which has one of the craziest beats in the entire history of music, starts blasting over the speakers as Contreras walks up to the plate. And as this is happening, the Pirates decide to make a pitching change. So the audio guy at Wrigley just lets it ride and plays the song throughout the entire pitching change. And Wrigley's shaking at this point. And of course, Wilson puts the first pitch he ever sees at the MLB level into the center field batter's eye for a home run. And then how do you not love the guy and make him your favorite player after that moment? You can't not do that. Appropriately, this highlight mix of Contreras' 2016 season is set to that very same song for, you know, extra intensity. It's a standing ovation for 40,000 people. It's a goosebump kind of moment here before his first ever big league at bat. scene and what a moment for Wilson Contreras homering in his first major league at bat. In the center, it's down, cuts a grab the lead, Rizzo in, Zobris scores, Contreras on his way to third, save. Three to two. 
Phillies fans waited on a lengthy rain delay, and they waited a long time. Pitch is low, Contreras is down, he got him! Little pop-up. Contreras makes the catch and foul. That one thumped out in the very deep left center, gone! We're tied at one. That matters too, Odor takes off. Contreras nails it. Deep left center. Wong is back. It is gone! Into the basket for Contreras. And the Cubs are on the board. Ariel Miranda, who might go into the Mariners' rotation. Bunted. Dies on the grass. And out at first on a close play is Martin. But he will advance on Agreed to it. Gordon takes off. Here's a throw by Contreras. He's out. Another great, quick, laser-like tag by Contreras. It's a great pitch to throw on. Pitch up about chest high. Infield still in. Nice shot left field. And it gets past Marte. Russell will score. Contreras to second. He's got a double. Five to one. In the right, and a base hit. Zobris will score. Contreras has a double. It's five to nothing. Out of the left center. Let's see if Zobris can score here. He's on his way to third. He's on his way to the plate, and he's going to make it. That is an RBI double for Wilson Contreras, and it's 4 nothing Cubs. Adam goes for three. A couple of punch outs. Throw to first. They're going to get him. Piscotty is out. Oof. Man, what a cannon. Quick. Well, everything about it. He is so quick. Sneaking me. He's in the big man as a screen. Slides to his knees and slings that ball down there, not close. Rizzo sneaking in behind, perfectly timed play. Things like boom. Deep right. And it will go! How about boom? That'll work. In the air to left, Contreras. Makes a sliding catch. We've seen him make some plays behind the plate, and here, knowing he's coming close to the wall. He takes off, swing and a miss, throw to second. Contreras and Russell team up. Javier Baez did it with the Cubs. Drilled into right center. It'll get down. Bryant on his way to the plate. The throw there. Not in time. 
five to four. Left center for Contreras. He finds the alley. Bryant will score. Contreras to second with a double. Tying run is on. Contreras, deep left center, gone! That's a three-run homer. Talk about some serious damage by the Cub hitters here today. Fifth extra base hit for two baggers. It was more than apparent to me from the few months that Contreras played in 2016 with the Cubs that he was destined for greatness. Beyond the fact that he was a power hitting catcher with a bazooka for an arm and the nerves of steel to stand up to catching a game seven as a rookie, as a rookie, Wilson simply left it all on the field every single game, day in and day out. Everybody I've asked with the ball club, all the way from top to bottom, have always said that he was a consummate professional and as humble as they come, and this completely checks out with my own experiences with him from both the convention and the ballpark. His energy was infectious, and alongside Javi, they became the swagger and the edge to a team that was sorely lacking it even after winning a title. When you extrapolate his numbers out over a full season's worth, Wilson was consistently on a four-war pace, which put him in very rare air as a catcher. In fact, according to Fangraphs, only JT Real Muto, Yasmani Grandal, and future Hall of Famer Buster Posey were more valuable to their clubs at catcher over the same period of time. So you can look back at all this information and say, geez, how'd the Cubs just let this guy walk? And that would be a completely valid question that most of the fan base is asking to this very day. But unfortunately, in this analytics-driven age of MLB, much has been made over the years about Wilson's struggle behind the plate actually catching. I'll be the first to say I use analytics to inform most of my opinions around the sport, but I'll also say they're not infallible. Specifically, metrics that track defensive value and catching value don't really have the best track record in terms of consistency or predictive ability. However, with the information that's been available, it became somewhat clear over time that Wilson would never likely develop into an elite defensive catcher. Just this season, Jan Gomes had a more favorable catcher's ERA, meaning pitchers performed a bit better when throwing to him instead of Wilson, while Contreras' framing value or the amount of balls he turned into strikes by the way he positioned himself has improved over time, but that's merely an average skill as well. Additionally, it's all too easy to forget that a pair of Cubs' high-profile pitchers during their competitive window, John Lester and Hugh Darvish, opted for personal catchers much of the time instead of throwing to Wilson himself. Taken together, it was fair to critique Wilson's ability as a catcher. Even as Contreras' biggest supporter, I know this to be true. But I think the narrative got extremely overblown and that the Cubs did themselves a disservice by not trusting Wilson to continue to try to improve on the defensive end because improving himself through continued work has pretty much been his M.O. for the last 13 years. We all know his bat will play anywhere he goes, but in my estimation, it was incredibly harsh to decline to offer him the type of money he ended up getting from the Cardinals. For one, the contract seems incredibly manageable in relation to the track record of consistency he's already shown. Secondly, he had already shown the magnitude of his work ethic by turning himself into a top 100 prospect out of nowhere and then further proved his ability to adapt by being named to three all-star teams. And most importantly, it was very clear that he left Chicago and the franchise. I mean, like very, very, very clear. The type of player who wears that on their sleeve and is vocal about how much they adore the fans in the city, I mean, I think those are the kind of guys you tend to want to keep around. Instead, all we're left with was this heartfelt sentiment from Wilson following his last game in pinstripes. I think the, the fans appreciate um, the way I play here uh, since I got called up. 
um, the human being I am in and, in and off the field and uh, having that standing ovation twice almost almost everybody made me feel like a Hall of Famer even though that I, I'm more I'm only six years in the league but um, this is really special um, I think this is the best moment of my life I will not forget this and if that didn't hurt quite enough here's a video courtesy of the Players Tribune alluding to Wilson being right where he belongs after signing a new contract it's not just to get to the big leagues it's how you create a legacy nothing. At some point I didn't have a glove and I didn't have a baseball. I remember when my dad took me, took me to the ballpark for the first time and they put me into a team that I didn't know anybody but I just wanted to play baseball. I would say that I mean the love of attraction is it works. I mean it takes time but it works because that was that was the only thing that I, I was dreaming of when I was a kid. I never question my dream. I never question my dream. I knew when I get a chance to get into an academy, I was getting out of the academy but signed with the team. I was the first guy to wake up. I was the first guy to get to the ballpark. I was the first guy on everything. I was looking around the league who are the older guys. So there's Miguel Cabrera, Ari Pujols, Jarian Molina, Ichiro Suzuki, how they play for so long. You have to keep getting better. Like this is not the end. This is just a start. If you play against me, you're not gonna like me. Because I'm I don't I don't play for you to like me. I play for you to hate me because I wanna meet you, I wanna beat you. I kill I will kill somebody for my team. Right? That's the way I play. But if you're on my side, I'm pretty sure that you're gonna love me. Yeah, I know that I have to make a decision. Uh, I know that it has to be a smart decision. But also, I think what's going to help me is that who want me? Who's going to want me to be there, like, with the team? Wilson, I think I speak for most Cubs fans when I say we wanted you, wanted you to stay, and to be a part of the next special run with the team, but even though the front office didn't see things the same way, I'm ecstatic, I'm over the moon that he's finally getting paid his due. Even though Wilson's suiting up for a rival for the next five years, I'm proud of the player and the human he's become, and wish him nothing but the absolute best because he deserves nothing less. Well... Fortunately for us, that was less tears than the Hayward goodbye, even though I expected more, but hey, we got to the end. This will be one of the very last heartfelt goodbye episodes we end up doing, with Wilson gone now that leaves Kyle Hendricks as the lone man in the room still hanging on from the 2016 roster, but we'll cross that goodbye bridge when we get there. 
For now, thanks for listening to this episode of the Mistaken Identity Podcast. We definitely appreciate all of your support, and that goes double to anyone who might have purchased a copy of my book on Amazon recently. Thank you, thank you. I know that some of the advertising I've been doing for it on this show has translated to at least a few sales, so I wanted to say thank you to anyone who grabbed a copy because it definitely means a lot to me. You can find out more about my book in the show notes or by searching Building a Tailored Training Program on Amazon. But for now, thanks again, and we'll catch you all on the next episode of Mistaken Identity Beyond the Ballpark. Hey guys, if you're hearing my voice here again, that means we've reached the end of the show. It's that time again for all the thank yous and special messages and disclaimers, you know, all the stuff you really tune in for each week. A big thank you yet again to all of our supporters who not only continue to tune into our show, but take the time to hit the like button, write reviews, and share our content on social media. It all really helps us grow our audience. Our Patreon page continues to thrive as well as we're working not only on the podcast, but Roku channel and the book club and on and on and on. If you'd like to be a part of that expanding Mistaken Identity experience, follow the link in our show notes to our Patreon page or go to patreon.com and search Mistaken Identity Podcast for all the ways you can sign up to access this multitude of additional content. Mistaken Identity is also now a part of the Unconfined Network, which is a home to many podcasts whose hosts have met inside the walls of Wrigley Field. Check out the network's other show offerings. Head to unconfinednetwork.com. That's all one word, unconfinednetwork.com, to view all of our shows and their catalogs. Shouts out to Frank Walker, Jesse Graham, and Jordan Burks for their continued efforts both in front and behind the scenes to keep Mistaken Identity rolling along every week. And of course, we can't leave without our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely our own, and we do not speak for or on behalf of the Chicago Cubs or any other organization. This is Joe Flaherty for the Mistaken Identity Podcast saying stay safe, and we'll catch you next time beyond the ballpark. Thank you.